1: I'm Dr. Bob, and each week I'll be your guide on this trippy tour through 535 mid-century masterpieces of graphic noveldom. This week, Action Comics number 343, cover date November 1966, cover price 12 cents, cover artists Kurt Swan and George Klein, edited by Mort Weisinger, featuring Eterno the Immortal, written by Jim Shooter, art by Wayne Boring, and Jimmy Olsen, Supergirl's Pal, written by Otto Binder. Art by Kurt Swan and John Forte. Are you ready? Are you with it? Then away we go-go! Three members of the Superman Revenge Squad visit Earth to release Eterno, an android constructed by an ancient race. Once freed, Eterno begins terrorizing Metropolis. Meanwhile, Jimmy Olsen sets out to expose a sideshow phony, but he is temporarily blinded by some tear gas. Jimmy is rescued by Supergirl, who is filling in for Superman. Confused? Don't worry, I'll be right back with Dr. Husband to explain everything.
0: She walks and calls me with a smile.
1: Something, something is doing something, and happy holidays to you. It's the holiday season. Yes, it is. It's the holiday season. I Bra- was just listening to my very favorite Christmas album, Bob Braun. Bob Braun? Yes. Oh, I have, um, and, and what did you enjoy about it? Um, well, he's not a great singer, mm-hmm. but he's very handsome. Okay. And uh, I have fond memories of watching the Bob Braun television program in my youth with Mrs. White, my grandmother. Aww. She was a personal friend of Ruth Lyon, who was Bob Braun's protégé. No, what's the opposite of protégé? Enemy? No. Uh, uh, he was the protégé. No, she was the mentor. Oh, God. He was the protégé. So she was the
2: patroness. Okay. I don't know. Okay, so uh this. Uh, so okay, so I've been listening to Christmas music this year and yes. just loving it. Normally, I'm like over it. Not by, by Thanksgiving. Oh, 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 God! It's all falling apart. What's okay. happening over well, there? Well, I need to get a proper stand for my iPad. Okay, so so uh, normally I'm I'm like over the whole Christmas music thing. It's by, only by Thanksgiving. December third. But I'm having a great time this year listening to everything. This morning I listened to my favorite Christmas album, which is um, Christmas is for the Family, starring Dennis Day. Uh-huh. And it was from 1960-something. I don't know what. Um, And I love it. And I just listened to it all this morning on my walk and when I was doing yoga and it was great. And then I I had this wonderful new playlist that I discovered on Spotify. Spotify is not a sponsor. Um, I wish. Because if only. And it's called uh, Christmas Jazz is is the playlist. And Mm -hmm. it's um, jazzy takes on your favorite holiday songs. So if you are tired of the same Christmas songs sung by the same people over and over again, year after year after year, I highly recommend this playlist, Christmas Jazz. Um, there's a wonderful singer on there that I didn't know about before this called Samara Joy, and she. I listened to it first. I heard her sing, and I thought, is that Sarah Vaughn? And then I looked, and it says, young singer named Samara Joy, and she is fantastic. Well, I lied before because actually my favorite
1: Christmas album is Jane Lynch's Swinging Little Christmas. Oh, and we saw her in concert so we this We saw week. her in concert this week. Listener, never meet your heroes. And
2: Kate um, Flannery, Flannery. Meredith, the drunk from and the office, Davis was his name. Cat, uh, J, some, Tim Tim Davis. Tim Davis. Davis. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, never it was meet your fine. Heroes. They
1: just sang fine. The album is the greatest Christmas album ever made. But it uh, truly is. Their show was, you know, Kate Flannery and Jane Lynch both come from Second City Improv. Yes. And there was nothing spontaneous about the entire show. Kate was trying to do improv. She was trying. And Jane shut her down. Yes. She knowed her. I That's the first rule of improv. You always say yes.
2: Right? She didn't. Yes. Kate Flannery was trying to engage with the audience. And And she's from Philadelphia. Yes. We saw it in Hanover, Pennsylvania. Yes. It was very topical. And it could have really gone in a fun direction. And Jane... It was like, shut her down. Shut her down. It was like she was on autopilot or something. I don't know. It wasn't what quite what we thought it was going to be. And no. about five, four or five songs from the end, I was looking at my watch going, is this going to wrap up sometime soon? Boy, I hope it's going to wrap up sometime soon.
1: Of course, if um, anyone involved with the Jane Lynch Corporation wants to ever sponsor us, we'll retract the, all of these statements. Yeah, we'll retract but, uh, them. But uh, for now on. it stands.
2: Retroactively, we'll take them back.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, what else? We had Thanksgiving.
2: We drove and drove and then drove and drove back. The drive over was a nightmare, and honestly, rain. it was the first time in my life that I felt every year of my fifty-two years. I was just exhausted. By You're not fifty-two, are you? Yes. Good Christ! How old am I? And older. Shut up. So, um, yeah, I mean, we drove through driving rain. I mean, like. Not blinding, but just terrible rain. For let's see, it's about a six-hour drive. It's like five and a half hours. So it's more like six hours, and and it, four of those six hours was driving rain. Yes. it was terrifying, honestly, because we had to go through the mountains. Yes, the way over there, um, I was I was like done, uh, and then, but then I slept. Um, you took over about three hours, and you took over, and I slept for I don't know, probably three of those hours, which was nice. But it was nice to see family over Thanksgiving. Very disappointing dinner. Very disappointed, and the sisters won't mind us saying this. So we always go to my
1: big sister's house. Well, she had surgery two weeks ago. And so we we, normally cook all day. Yeah, we cook at her house, and she keeps all the leftovers whatnot. Well, we said, let's not trouble. Let's just
2: go out today. Yeah, because she'd had surgery, and and we were just like, we were driving over. You were going to have to work the day before, and I was not feeling it this year. Well, brother... I'm gonna feel it next year. That's for damn sure.
1: Well, there was all kinds of you know people wanted to come and they might want to come to dinner, but they weren't sure, and then they might want to go to just come to the house, but they didn't. know. So what we were time. leaving we were everything open. Dinner, ended. Yeah. yeah. So I and do not recommend this. We said it's too much, much trouble to go
2: to a restaurant. Let's just bring food in because we'll I don't believe house. you should go out on th- for Thanksgiving dinner to a restaurant because Why? it's such it's an inexpensive meal to make. It is like.
1: It's It's probably the most money that
2: restaurant makes all year long,
1: and the wait staff gets tipped a little.
2: The, the bejesus I, I, Whatever I just don't I I have this thing Again I'm not going to go out For Thanksgiving Unless we go to like Chinese And keep it like So anyway oh, and it, So sakes. we did something All of us in good faith We all consented to it We said let's get Our Thanksgiving From Cracker Barrel Because how hard Could it be to screw up A Thanksgiving dinner I mean it's like Not very hard As it turns uh, out Turns out it's not Very hard to screw up A Thanksgiving dinner Imagine I mean, your worst Most blandest Cracker Barrel breakfast And then it's turned Into Thanksgiving Yeah. Yeah. It was awful.
1: So if you're going to get a Cracker Barrel Thanksgiving, get the good stuff like the baked apples and the tater tot casserole. Yeah, totally. Don't don't go go for the traditional things. No.
2: The green beans are green bean shaped objects that taste like a vegetable substance that has no similarity to green beans. Yeah, if
1: you're going to get the green beans, then bring them into your house, throw some bacon in the pan, saute them up with the bacon. Just
2: make them from scratch. It's not that hard. Well, what if you don't have that kind of time, Rob? How hard is it to make green beans?
1: It's very hard. You got to cook them in bacon fat all day long and let them sit. You the
2: do to stove. cook them in if bacon fat if you want them to be delicious. You do. Well, they well, they did, and it's terrible. And then and then they screwed up the sweet potatoes. They put orange in them. I, and well, you it, could put orange zest in sweet potatoes. I, They just tasted like no other sweet potatoes I've ever made in my life. Best sweet potatoes, I... Yes, everyone knows your pineapple and bacon and marshmallows. No, I'm a convert of the copycat recipe of the Boston Market sweet potatoes are the best in the world. Best ever, ever. Uh, Totally loaded with calories, and it doesn't matter. They are the best sweet potatoes ever. I don't make my mom's sweet potato casserole anymore. Okay, well. um, And then, of course, I just, you know, I love just good old mashed potatoes and... And gravy Well, and the mashed
1: potatoes were good. I'll give them that. The stuffing was awful. The stuffing was like sawdust, but the mashed potatoes and gravy were on point, point. and the turkey wasn't bad. It was Just turkey little breast. salty. Yeah, it was, it's turkey breast. Yeah. Yes, that's fine. Uh, well, speaking of cooking, Kitschmas is coming, so keep your YouTube feed updated. I'll be posting one recipe a day starting December twelfth for the twelve days of Kitschmas, and I'm I've excited. got some good food coming up. Well, good. it's food. It's, it's food. Uh, I found some of Mother's handwritten recipe cards from
2: the 60s. And, it's true. Uh, You're not going to make that bronchitis cure because that will kill us.
1: No, I won't make Wait. the bronchitis cure, but I will talk about it.
2: Yes, of course, it uh, uses hemlock.
1: Hemlock is poison, but oh, yeah. uh, apparently yeah. it cured bronchitis in the aughts. <laughs>
2: so, let's talk about action comics, shall we? 343. forty-three.
1: Forty-three from the center of the earth, a new menace challenges the man of steel, Eterno, quote-unquote, gigantic immortal. More powerful than Superman himself. Go figure. This is a great cover by Kurt Swan and George Klein. Superman getting punched in the gut by a giant fist while the populace of Metropolis gasps in horror below. And
2: it appears that it hurts.
1: And I will bet you $100 that these people on the street below are actual people that Kurt Swan knows. Because he liked to do that. Oh, really? Probably one of
2: them is him. Okay. Um, yes. The one with the girl hips in green?
1: Yeah, probably
2: actually.
1: <laughs> Superman. He's mightier than a million mastodons, more intelligent than an army of Einsteins, and H bomb blasts don't bother him. Who is he? Superman? Nope, you lose. We mean that fifty-foot fink eterno. And what happens when these two titans tangle? Dive for cover and find out as the caped Kryptonian matches muscles with that gigantic juggernaut. Eternal the, the immortal. immortal. Oh, oh, oh. Written by teenage Kent James Shooter. Art by dowdy old man Wayne Boring. Boring? Kind of a mismatch here between the story and the art, Talk if about I'm mismatch. being honest. God. Uh, that hair. It's like. The movie, The Valley of the Dolls, which was made in 1969 Mm -hmm. and played as if it were taking place in 1959. Okay. Same thing here. Jim Shooter wrote an exciting, forward-thinking story. Uh Uh-huh. And Wayne Boring, I mean, he was fine for his day, but I very much associate his artwork with the 1950s because Mm. every time Superman flies, it looks like someone took a department store mannequin of mm-hmm. Superman and mm-hmm. just threw it through the air.
2: <laughs> That's funny.
1: Which is maybe how he drew. That's Maybe he used a mannequin for his model and just maybe. posed it differently so he could yeah. make it fly through the air. Mm. From the deep void beyond our galaxy, a sleek starship courses toward our solar system.
2: These are members of the Superman Revenge Squad. That's their job. Like uh, They actually collect paychecks. And yeah. the place, the business of, of origin of their pay and where they actually pay into their pension and probably get retirement benefits and who knows, maybe maybe their health care benefits comes from the SRS, the Superman Revenge Squad, unless they're all independently wealthy.
1: Well, I'm very curious as to whether they just voluntarily join the Superman Revenge Squad as uh, an avocation or if they actually have to have been defeated by Superman before they may join. Is it like a club, like a secret club?
2: Uh, well, uh, they do develop weapons that, they, uh, that have failed against Superman. There are a lot of resources that are dedicated to this. I want to know how they're funded. Yeah. I want to know how they're funded. Well, I mean, I
1: would assume that it's just a loosely knit gang of criminals who one by one have tried to defeat Superman with these weapons, failed, and so they then bring these weapons with them to the Superman Revenge Squad Clubhouse and uh, join forces well, of course, with a bunch of
2: weapons that have already failed. Having not been nursed as a child yes. on comics, yes. I have all sorts of unconventional questions going on in my head yes. when I read these things from the 1960s. Like, what did these guys do for a living? Is this a hobby? Is this a they're retirement super criminals, project? Of course. No, they're super criminals. So are they pirates? I mean, how do they make a living? Right? Do they have wives or spouses? Do they have children? Do they, do they, who do they, I mean, they... I think these are a group of confirmed bachelors, if you catch my drift. So are they trying to take out their sexual aggressions by trying to defeat Superman? And what happens if they defeat Superman? I then mean, what do they do? All of those weapons in their trophy room are
1: somewhat phallic. Uh, I remember one iteration of the Superman Revenge Squad where they teamed up with the Batman Revenge Squad, mm-hmm. and all of them wore... Like, the Superman Revenge Squad were all bald men, mm-hmm. and they wore Superman outfits, but the S was made of green kryptonite. And the They bat- all had costumes? Yeah. And the Batman Revenge Squad had, like, red Batman costumes, but they all had, like, demon faces on the bat symbol. I'll have to dig it up.
2: God, talk about being singularly dedicated Obsessive, to your job. yeah. It's like when I used to work at Walmart. Well, I used to work at Walmart. When? When? I was- Oh, years before I met you. I never knew about this. I told you I worked at Walmart. No, you didn't. I knew
1: you worked at the Higgly Piggly or whatever it was. Winn-Dixie. Winn-Dixie.
2: Yes. Well, I worked at Walmart for a while, and I hated it that tracks so much imagine me working at walmart i can't i was a cashier i, I, so oh, I operated Jesus. i operated the the deli for a while but uh what snack bar walmart used to have a snack bar now mm-hmm. they've outsourced it to subway and stuff sure so i did that for a while uh, because i had worked in a, in a restaurant before that and uh in food prep and ran in the oven running the oven pizza. pizza yeah yeah so i don't know why i left stavros and went to walmart i thought i'd make more money um, I mean, you know, Florida, whatever, you know, you make shit for money anyway. So I worked at Walmart and I started in the snack bar and then I ended up working as a cashier and you mean they still had cashiers then we still have, oh yeah, we, well, you know, the, 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 the self-serve cashier is a relatively modern thing in, in geological timeline. <laughs> so anyway, I, I knew that I was done with Walmart when I had to attend meetings and they made us do the Walmart cheer, where you Shut have to up. make W-A-L, no. no, I swear to God, and I'm there and I'm like, and I was like, I wasn't even in college yet. And I was just going, I can't do this. I cannot do the Walmart cheer. I can't, it's Walmart. And I was raised poor, as you know, and 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 I was the only one in my family to go to college. But even then, not even having gone to college, the, you know, the time I was finishing high school, working a part-time job, driving around a 1975 Toyota Corona mm-hmm. that we called the Leprosy Mobile because every time you open and shut the door, little bits of it fell off. Okay. I hated working at Walmart. There were no incentives. It was a very much... There's min- a
1: cheer. They had a cheer. A cheer. A cheer. One and two. Tell me, who are you?
2: Walmart, Walmart. cashiers. Uh, and then... I, my direct supervisor was a woman named Joan, who of I course. swear to God looked like Betty Davis. She even wore slightly violet tinted glasses. Fabulous! I love her already. And no, she was mean. She never smiled. Even and better. And she had a front butt. <laughs> well, that's one thing Betty Davis never had. She had a front butt. Okay. Yes. Oh, my God. She was, she had a fantastic figure, but she also had a front butt. I think okay. she, she pulled up her... She used to wear skirts all the time. Yeah. And she'd pull it right up above her front butt so it would be protruding. You know. She was not a nice woman. She Maybe was she was with child. She was far too old to be with child. Trust well, me. She was like Betty happened. Davis with a front butt.
1: My great-grandmother had a child at 47, and she was born in 1855 in a blizzard. Well, she was so small, she was a twin. She was born premature, and she was so small, she had to sleep in a shoebox. How could we have been together for
2: over 30 years, and you not know that I worked at Walmart?
1: Maybe I did, and I blocked it out, because it's so incongruous with your character. You're right. Of course, we need not repeat my Wendy's employment story. <laughs> but it uh, does, You say that. But, it uh, does remind me of when I was between employment, and I went for a job at the March of Dimes call center.
2: Yes!
1: And, uh you had to do a cold reading of the call script uh-huh. as part of the interview process. Mm-hmm. Of course, I aced that. Of course. Uh, and I got the job. And it's the thing where you call people when they do like... They put people in quote-unquote jail and their friends have to bail them out with yeah. donations to the Barch of Dimes. Well, you have to call... it. You think that someone has sponsored the person to be arrested. No. It it's a, a it, You're cold calling from the phone book. Yeah. And so they say someone... Someone that you know has uh, issued a friendly fun warrant for your arrest. When can we pick you up to put you in jail? And then you go to this jail and you yes. call your friends and you're raising yes. money for the March of Dimes. Dimes. Well, well, it's not very successful, but the humiliating part was that if you got a mark on the phone, you had to ring a bell and the little sorority girls who were our managers, I was 45 years old at the time. It was when we moved to Florida. It was a terrible it's period terrible, of my life. A terrible period of your life. I know. Uh, the sorority girl managers, you know, would make a big deal out of, oh, yay, hey, Bob, you're beneath my notice, but you got to sale, oh, yay. You need a doctorate at this time. I could wipe the floor of those girls now. I oh. know how to push all their buttons oh, having I done know. college. Mm. By the way, we're, sorry we're getting off on so oh, many careful tangents. careful about
2: talking about college.
1: I'm only going to relate the uh, conversation I had with two college Seniors, oh, okay, 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 who are what 21 22 years old? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. These children did not know who Cher was. was. I mean, I can understand if you can't sing every word of Dark Lady as I can, but to not know who, who Cher she is. is, she's not even dead, she's not dead, and she was just on the Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade. Mm. Good. What's happened? I know what's happened with the what? current generation. Cable TV. C- in my day, we all had to watch the same thing at the same time. We know all knew who Cher was, and if there was nothing to show, then we watched old Bugs Bunny cartoons. So we all knew who Humphrey Bogart, Lauren Bacall, and Betty Davis and everybody There's was. There's no common context, no, no common cultural context. No, no. I say we just burn it all down to start from scratch. That's why you're in Yiddish you have your theater. theater. <laughs> We'll all just uh, come up the right way. Yeah. And destroy Superman. Now listen. I have researched through the history of Superman's adopted planet Earth. Says one of the Superman Revenge Squad members. <laughs> I've researched with our time viewer. I have found something very interesting about a billion years ago. A billion on Earth existed the Khan.
2: It's called the Zhan.
1: The Khan, it's X-A-N. We have a difference of pronunciation. (laughs) We're a super civilization of tall, handsome people who lived in mighty sky cities built by their super science. Well, except for the sky cities, it might have been you and I. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? We're tall and handsome. Yeah, we're tall. And handsome. (sighs) Uh, Someone called Graham Hancock right away. If there's a super civilization... Yeah. Living in the skies of Earth a billion years ago, do you know about the Silurian hypothesis? Uh, no. Well, it's named after an episode of Doctor Who, but it's quite interesting because there's two scientists who were just in their office at lunch one day. Yeah. And one said, "If there was a super civilization existing on Earth a billion years ago, how would we know it?" And there's literally no way to detect if there was a not even a billion years like. During the time of the dinosaurs, if uh-huh. there was an advanced civilization on Earth. How would we know it? There would be no way to detect it. I mean, you'd have to find certain specific radiation signatures yeah. or elements
2: in the layers of okay. strata. Yeah, yeah.
1: I just think so it's that's very it. interesting. Do they write a
2: book about that or a pamphlet?
1: Uh, it's on the Internet. It's oh. a website. Jesus. <laughs> Tough crowd. <laughs>
2: God, we're on page three of this story.
1: They were also skilled robot and android makers. They had constructed many different types for labor and higher functions. How did he find this out?
2: By looking through a telescope? A time viewer. A time viewer. Yeah. These bastards have time viewers that can look back into the billions of years but can't figure out how to destroy Superman? Correct. What are they, what's wrong with them? Um... They're, abs- they're just consumed by their hatred for Superman. That's why. God, there's got to be other things that they could do. Take up a real hobby. Learn the guitar.
1: But their crowning achievement was... Eterno! They've applied suntho flesh to his <laughs> robot frame. <laughs> And his android brain is ready for encasement
2: in the robot head. eternal stood nearly 50 feet high. He was half android, half robot. With the advantages of both, he was constructed to be immortal, eternal. The energy of the stars, harnessed by the khan science, was built into the invulnerable body. In his artificial brain, they stored all the knowledge they possessed. Incredibly
1: wise and powerful, he could perform astounding feats like using his destructo beams to split mountains apart.
2: He's found a vein of iron ore.
1: But Eterno was too wise,
2: too powerful. He secretly planned to conquer the earth. They always do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They said, put the bridge over there. Put the new bridge over there. I will bide my time, and soon I will be the master, and these tiny creatures will be my subjects. However...
1: Before he could strike, a different disaster overtook the Khan in the form of a cloud of space gas which drifted to earth. The Khan quickly discovered the nature of the menace. The gas is going to wipe them out. They only have a short time to survive. Uh, They realize that the element Absorbium could soak up the gas, but it only exists at the Earth's core. Is there anyone that can go to the
2: Earth's core? Yes, there is! Eterno! I would survive, but a ruler needs subjects. I will get the Absorbium for you. Eterno volunteers to
1: go to the center of the Earth because he's going to get the Absorbium, destroy the gas, and then he's going to take over the Earth as he's long planned. He goes to the center of the Earth, finds the Absorbium... But unfortunately the absorbium Paralyzes
0: paralyzes him
1: him. He's trapped at the center of the earth The Khan die out On the surface due to the deadly gas Good riddance And uh, back in the present Arl ends his tale
2: Oh he's got such a scowl on his face Doesn't he? Yes. I wouldn't even want to share a cup of coffee with that guy And is
1: this like uh, uh, What's that hairstyle? We don't like mullet a mullet is this a mullet situation no it's like he's got just
2: one long like his hair has grown all the way back just shoulder length and then turned under kind of like a page boy Uh but his headband has pulled the top part so taut that it could be a mullet it's just awful i don't it's that it's the same thing i don't like about wonder woman when when they draw her with the with the headband on that pulls her hair down taut at the top i hate that look I hate it. Okay. Okay. I'm, you're giving me a look. No, I'm not. I'm just you're interested give, in what I'm you're saying. you giving me a look. That's um, just my face. <laughs> is that your resting face? Your resting now, face Now,
1: Arl is going to use the cyclo-ray to disintegrate the mineral that paralyzes Eterno at the center of the Earth. He will return to the surface and proceed with his conquest. Then, he and Superman
2: will clash and poof, no more Man of Steel. We are now within range. Activate the Televirus. Focus our Z-Radar. Good. No. Fire! So
1: this giant beam of light shoots down towards the earth, into the ocean, to the center of the earth. You'd think somebody would notice that. You'd think. Eterno is free, free after all these eons. And with the power of 100 suns unleashed, he bores through the inner core's wall and digs hungrily toward the surface. Air and sunlight. Mm. Hours later, in an observatory high in the mountains near Metropolis, which the is Meso- a coastal
2: city. There are mountains near Metropolis. No, it is
1: possible to have mountains near a coastal city. Think of the west coast of Washington. Well, canonically, Metropolis is in the state of Delaware. So the mountains, mountains. would be hundreds of miles. Well, the Appalachian Mountains do up. The Appalachian do run Mountains do, through, yes, yes, but not towards the coast.
2: No, you cannot see them.
1: Like, um, also... We uh, don't have volcanic eruptions in Delaware. Oh, oh, oh. What? Okay, true. But we do have <laughs> seismic activity. Oh, seismic activity, sure. We have that here. Uh There's a volcano and suddenly Eterno's crawling out of the top of the volcano and he rips the telescope off of the observatory, which is where all of this is happening. The startled scientist in a blind panic dashes to his car and speeds off toward Metropolis.
2: You know, he's got a family car. It's a
1: fantastic car.
2: Mm -hmm. It's a family car. Not,
1: no, Mm -hmm. listener, not the fantastic car. It's no. just
2: a fantastic Yeah, it's got car. some great lines, but it's got it's a four-door, uh, yep. and it's a long car, and yep. it's got extra space in the back. Yep,
1: gas mm-hmm. guzzler. Mm-hmm. Later, at reporter Clark Kent's desk in the office of the Daily Planet, he feels some Earth tremors. He'd better be on the alert for anything happening, mm. but he's not too much on alert because he has to be alerted. <laughs> by the police helicopter hovering outside the window. Is that how they
2: contact Superman because I thought they often just like send out a radio thing. A radio.
1: Well, often Superman due to his super senses will notice the trouble on his own, but not this time. Mm-hmm. He needs the police helicopter. Oh, I wonder what he was absorbed with. Well, probably that pretty redhead at the desk next door. Mm. Vavavoom. <laughs> uh, Superman,
2: please report to the Metropolis Science Institute. Urgent. Uh, Perry White says, "You heard that, didn't you, Clark? Get over there on the double. We could use a hot headline on the PM edition.
1: Check, Perry." Uh, so Superman's
2: going to get there, all right. As Superman, he. Ducks oh my under God! This- you're so right about the drawing of him. Like a, he's a mannequin.
1: Right, and look, He's especially lifeless. at that bottom panel, it looks like
2: somebody just chucked a dummy <laughs> through the window. Like, so how is that possible? That's so funny. I would never have noticed that until you mentioned that. There's no tautness in the muscle. There's no... No! It's it's literally... I, I cannot unsee it. Now it's like someone took a dummy <laughs> of Superman and just shoved him through the window, like, like hung him from the ceiling, and that's how he did it. Well, that is how they did it in the classic
1: 1940s Captain Marvel serial film. Uh, They just took Captain Marvel, you know, Shazam. Uh And it was a dummy that they just strung up on a wire and have it fly across the screen. (laughs) Now, uh, Dr. Hartman, who apparently was the uh, astronomer who saw all this happen, is at the hospital uh, with another scientist who's wearing a... Uh morning coat tuxedo with a lab coat over top.
2: That means he's a senior doctor.
1: Oh, he also has a monocle, so that checks out. Where's this what
0: where what?
1: What? Doesn't he have a monocle? From what angle? bottom panel, page 6. How? The guy in the stripedy pants. Where's he holding his monocle? It's on his eyeball. Where monocle
2: belongs. No, those are his regular that's just regular eyeball. He's got bags under his eyes.
1: Ah, uh, oh, his eyes are bulged out. I yes. see. Yes. So maybe he's got that
2: uh, Barbara Bush disease. He's a senior. He's a senior doctor. He's got lots of work to do. Cushing's disease. That's what makes Cushing's, your eyeballs out. Oh my god, is that what it is? Cushing's disease? I think so. Oh. That's Didn't terrible. Barbara
1: Bush have that?
0: Oh my
2: god.
1: Uh What's anyway, that
2: Ronnie Feldman uh, Ron Fel, Feldman Feldman? Ron, Ron uh, Feldman. What? the feldman, marty feldman marty feldman disease what was the thing where your eyes balls out bulge i out? don't know what i don't eyes bulge out yeah wow i don't know
1: uh they're at the science institute in downtown metropolis to warn superman that the city in fact the whole world may be facing disaster only you superman might be able to stop this menace uh, Superman finally notices what's going on in the outside world with his telescopic vision, and off he goes, because Eterno has reached the city.
2: I might have dozed off at this point.
1: Uh, oh, and it, then I woke up. I remember all this. <laughs> Eterno realizes that this, these are not the Khan who created him, but rather a new race of people. And But he's going to conquer them anyway. He's got a weird face. Yeah. Just like this guy that's running in the street. It's tearing the top off that deserted building! Ah! (laughs) I do appreciate the attention to detail that points out that Eterno is ripping the top off of a deserted building. Oh, yes. Because we can't have anyone die in a Superman comic until...
2: You say that.
1: Well, I know. So Eterno's ripping this building around. He's going to throw it at the people. Superman swoops in at the nick of time.
2: To punch up the bricks and save
1: the populace to their cheering adulation.
2: I flew from another part of the city. Do, 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 do. You threw that building at those people and I crushed it with my fist. I saved those folks mm, mm. just in the nick of time. Can you read my mind? Can you read my
0: mind?
1: Uh Superman shatters the building and gets to Eterno, but it doesn't doesn't even phase him. Superman's gonna try again, but first Eterno's gonna get in a big thud
2: punch. Oh poor Superman mannequin.
1: Knocks Superman <sighs> down to the pavement. The pavement cracks, he hits it so hard. Oh my god. Someone's gonna have to pay for that. Yes. Oh, in the abandoned building too. Yeah, yeah. Not Superman, though. No. Here comes the friendly beat cop.
2: You okay, Superman? I'll take. It'll take more than that to stop me, officer. But the people in the arena are in danger. Arena Call, area. I. You know, I'm not a really good fast cold reader. Well, the slow down, take it easy. Uh, it'll take more than that to stop me, officer. But the people in the area are in danger. Call the authorities and get the place evacuated immediately. The Man of
1: Steel returns to the fray and uses the rubble to construct a giant series of brick walls to block Eterno, but it's no use. Yeah, he just tore down a building, for God's sake. Yeah, really smart Superman. Gives Superman another punch. Uh, He sees that this is all a ploy to allow the populace to evacuate the area. Smart. But now Eterno is going to
2: end Superman's petty interference. Hmm. Superman's really fast. Couldn't he really actually just take down Eterno just with a nice flying... He's trying. Look at him.
1: He's trying. His he punches. Punch is no good. His speed is no good. He's going to fly up to the top of the Daily Planet building and use the Planet Globe. <laughs> well,
2: someone's going to have to
1: replace that. Well, obviously. Yeah. Uh, he's using the globe as a bowling ball to knock Eterno over, which does work. He's knocked over. And into the ground. Into the ground. Into, into the, subway the subway tunnel. Into the subway tunnel. Which should keep him trapped, but it doesn't. Eterno reaches out and grabs Superman. Superman gives one last try with his heat vision, which Eterno counters with heat vision of his own. Well, it's destructo beams.
2: Yes, and those destructo beams are canceling out Superman's heat vision. And then. I should
1: mention that Eterno does speak modern English which he learned on the fly as the population was screaming about him, which was also mentioned, that's also a nice touch.
2: Well, he has an android brain.
1: Yes, Mm -hmm. but he deciphered the language immediately and he learned how to speak it. Mm -hmm. The destructo beams hit Superman, which do not hurt Superman, which Eterno is astounded by.
2: Mm -hmm. Now. Arn, is that his name? Arn.
1: mean, Arl. Arl. Up in the Revenge Squad spaceship, they've lowered towards the Earth so they can catch the action on the lexoscope. I don't know if that is a lexoscope or if it's just a window.
2: It's a window because he says you've taken us too low.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now, whoever this other character is with the insect eyeballs is gloating. How I'd Garon. like to tell Superman- Garon, Garon, Garon. How I'd like to tell Superman that Eterno is merely a puppet, a tool of the Superman Revenge Squad. Our super-enemy foiled our plans to conquer other worlds, but now we
2: oh are, Arl, is that his name? R-E-R-L? Arl, yes. Arl, he says, you fool! You, stuck, you struck the loudspeaker switch and turned it on quiet before Eterno heals you old Hot mic, hot mic!
1: Someone on a team's meeting last week expelled
2: gas with their hot mic on. They oh. farted
1: with a hot mic. Yeah. It wasn't yeah, me. I,
2: I understand the words expelled gas. Okay. Yeah. You mm-hmm. didn't need to actually say they farted.
1: Well, you were just staring at me dumbfounded like
2: you didn't understand what That's I was That's my resting about. dumbfounded I face. I
1: see. Too late because Eterno has heard every word. What? Eterno? A tool? A puppet? No, never. Hmm. No one controls Eterno. I am no one's tool. God I will destroy
2: anyone off. who dares call Eterno a puppet. Uh, yeah, well, I says, what do you know? The old Iron Face is tossing me aside to take on that ship. Yep. Superman says. The ship
1: is so low that Eterno is able to reach up and almost grab it, but then he blasts it with his destructo beams. Which, of course, makes them all scream inside. Aye!
2: And it makes them crash on the streets of Metropolis. Seconds later, Superman thinks, that's a Revenge Squad ship, all right. I recognize it. And according to their loudspeaker post, (laughs) they're behind Eterno. Only, he sure doesn't like the idea. No, he doesn't. Now, Arl
1: has a new experimental weapon. Eterno is charging the ship. We cannot miss a target that huge. Now fire! But it's no use. Their most powerful blasts have no effect on him.
2: But they have one chance. They have one thing that they've been keeping for... What? The thing that's been keep, kept them for immobile for... Excuse me. Kept in immobile for yes. a years. Absorbium. absorbium. They have to convert. Uh, but they don't have any on the ship. Yeah, they have to change the nuclear capsules to absorbium. Then they can insert them into their guns. But then, And they need to move fast. Yes.
1: And it works. Eterno is hit with the absorbium bullets. And they charge his whole body with absorbium, and it's neutralizing his artificial life force. We stopped him! And he's going to fall right on on top of the ship. Well, it was
0: ghastly.
2: It was ghastly. Eterno falls onto the ship, which crushes it. All three members of the Superman Revenge Squad are dead. There are no... Survivors,
1: But Superman finds uh, paper records. <laughs> Eight and a half by 11. Telling how the Revenge Squad released Eterno from Earth's core. How ironic. By destroying him, they destroyed
2: themselves. Well, he could just take that right to the Daily Planet.
1: Well, he has to because he left as Clark Kent to go get a top headline. He's mm. got to come back with something. Yeah. I wonder how he works that. Does you just say, I mean, I guess reporters can keep their sources secret, so he just has... Superman's his source. I just interviewed Superman. I can't tell you where or how, mm-hmm. but uh, mm-hmm. I did. Wow. The That's the and, end of that story. Well, I've got some good news for you. What is that? We have another little backup story, which we're going to talk about right now.
0: Great. Mm, I crave superheroic content. Let's see what's on. I want you to tell all your friends about me. What are you? I'm Batman. Mm, nah, don't think so. I'm Batman. Mm, not really what I'm looking for. I am Vengeance. I am the Knight. I am Batman. Ugh, absolutely not. This
2: is Robin the Boy Wonder. I'm Batman.
0: Aha, now that's more like it.
2: If you see Adam
1: West as the one true Batman, then this is the podcast for you. Tune in on your favorite podcast source to hear Tim and Paul discuss the 1966 series and everything connected with it. What's the podcast called? To the Batpoles.
0: To the Batpoles. To the Batpoles.
1: During our brief hiatus, I just pulled up the Nextdoor app, which is my favorite guilty pleasure. Are you familiar?
2: I am aware of it, and I eliminated it from my phone, and I have tried a million times to delete my profile, but it won't go away. The
1: entertainment value is unprecedented. I hate it. Two dogs running all over, neighborhood redacted. If they are you dogs, get them, because if they come back, I'm call SPCA. They were not afraid of me and were looking like they would just as soon attack me. Were they beagles? No, they're too, uh, I don't know what they are. Anyway, Amanda replies, I feel bad for the dogs. The owners should be jailed, or better yet, left out in the freezing cold. God, oh, that's the best. I hate next door. I love it. I can't stop it. Oh, the white dog was aggressive with me on Hampton Road two weeks ago while I was walking. Hampton Road, where's that? Oh, I can't tell you, but it's nearby. Where's that? It's in Maryland. It's not West Virginia. We don't oh, have okay. problems like that in West Virginia. No loose dogs anywhere. Not our dogs, at least.
2: Mm, thank God.
1: Hey, we've got a Hall of Fame classic. Do we? Do we, From 1959, Jimmy Olsen, Supergirl's pal. What? But Jimmy Olsen is Superman's pal. Right. What gives here? I don't know. <laughs> 1959, that's when Supergirl was still secret on Earth. And living in Midvale Orphanage. Great
2: guns. Great Gatsby's ghost.
1: In Metropolis one day, as crowds flock to a sideshow, first of all, Is this just a pop-up sideshow on the streets of Metropolis? Well, it's probably some
2: sort of touring circus. You know how your mother used to be taken to the circus every year. They probably had sideshows. Oh, My
1: mother hated the circus, but my father, my father...
2: Worked the state fair.
1: He used his summer vacation every year to work at the Ohio State Fair. And I don't know what his job was, but it involved driving a golf cart around the fairgrounds all day long. And that was our big summer treat, as we'd get to go one day... To the straight fair and ride around the golf cart and my father was a, a noted conversationalist he could talk to anyone anywhere at any time that's true and he would drive around to talk to the cattlemen carneys, and the person carving the butter cow and yes the carnies including uncle sam on stilts he was a particular friend of my father's uh and he would not let you go on the rides not allowed to go on the rides because he saw them being put together, and they were not. Uh, just don't do it. Don't go to the state fair for the rides. Go for the butter cow and the
2: Dumbo ears. Oh, and, and Amy Grant.
1: Oh, yes, Amy Grant. We had all kinds of entertainment at the pavilion. Osmond Brothers, Alabama, mm-hmm. uh, Oak Ridge Boys. Mm-hmm. Who else? Stray Cats. Sandy Patty. Sandy Patty. Everybody. Uh, my point is, that carnival sideshows don't exist in isolation apart from a state fair or a circus. No, they do not. But apparently, Colonel Colby's show of wonders does. It'll amaze you, ladies and gentlemen. For instance, you will see Thora, the world's strongest girl performer. Jimmy thinks, I'll buy a ticket. I'll buy a ticket and cover this for the Daily Planet. That's a cool 25-cent admission fee, son. You sure you could pony up that kind of money? Mm.
2: As the show begins, cub reporter Jimmy Olsen is suspicious when...
1: Look, folks, Thora is lifting one ton. Fooey! No slim young girl could be that strong. I'll bet that's a fake weight she's lifting now, Jimmy. You live on Earth One. What if this is an Amazon that's left Paradise Island, or maybe it's uh, someone from the Fourth World... You'd be cl- very familiar with the Fourth World, Jimmy Olsen,
2: since it originated in your very own magazine. In the future, well, this cub reporter is very keen to observe fact. And when the Jimmy sees, excuse me, when Jimmy sees the final act, the sideshow man says, "Behold a prehistoric caveman." He was found in the Arctic, frozen in ice, and still holds his ancient iron spear. Wait a minute.
1: Colonel Colby blundered this time. In the Stone Age, cavemen only had spears with
2: stone
1: heads.
2: After the show, Colonel Colonel Colby, your whole show's a fraud, especially that phony caveman. I'm Jimmy Olsen, and I'll expose your swindle in tonight's edition of the Daily Planet. You'll be sorry, Olsen, I warn
1: you. First of all... (laughs) Even in 1966. Oh, no, this story is written in 1959. Okay, that may change my calculus a little bit.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Was anyone under the impression that sideshow carnival attractions were actually true things happening? Oh, just in the South. I understand this was probably written for eight-year-olds. But even at eight-year-olds, I knew that Ms. Electro... Was not melting car keys with her fingernail, as I saw happen in the Ohio State Fair one time. Well, I mean, you didn't grow up in the South. You grew up in Ohio. Well North of the Mason-Dixon line.
2: Yes, but I had very strong Southern roots. I grew up in the South, and I can believe that anyone in the 50- in 1959 reading this would believe this to be fact. Would, well, actually, excuse me. Anybody would believe that a sideshow act would absolutely be 100% fact. No one... In the South, no human being growing up in the South in 1959 would have believed that sideshows were not fact. Okay. <laughs> I'm
1: just kidding. Now, Jimmy goes home.
2: Of course, no one believed that sideshows were facts.
1: Jimmy is worried at the threat that Colonel Colby has issued. So he goes home first thinking that Colby might try breaking into my apartment while I'm away at the office. And
2: steal his valuable Superman souvenir collection. <laughs>
1: hmm, I have an idea. Superman recently gave me this trophy when he jailed the tear gas gang. I can fix up a trap against any intruder with this unused tear gas bomb. Which well, he might...
2: repeat then immediately trips over his toolbox.
1: Immediately trips. But if you're worried about people breaking into your apartment to steal your Superman souvenirs, either lock up the souvenirs in a different location or set up this tear gas bomb... All the time All the because time. anybody could break it at any time. Right. You're a high profile Cub reporter, Jimmy. Use your brain. <laughs> he stumbles on his tool chest and drops the tear gas. Choke. Fumes in my eyes and nose. Cough. And he opens the window, but his eyes. I can't see. The tear gas made me temporarily blind. My eyes, my eyes. What am I going to do for eyes? You better hope it's temporary. Just at that moment, Colonel Colby drives up thinking that he can offer Jimmy Olsen a bribe so he won't expose his perfidy. But uh Jimmy gropes his way to the phone. Can we stop and say something about the American health care industry? Sure. Jimmy is blind. But he's calling his boss to say that he will be right into to work, and then he'll go to the doctor.
2: <laughs>
1: say It's workman's
2: comp, Jimmy. Back then he could have had a house call, but he would have to pay for it.
1: Uh, probably not. He would just pay like a chicken or a pork chop or something. <laughs> Here you go, Doc. Or, I have an idea, he could press a Superman emergency signal
2: watch. Which he tries later on. Later on. Yeah. So blind Jimmy is unaware of Colby's cunning ruse outside. Taxi! I can't see! I need a taxi! Taxi! Colonel Colby's gonna disguise his voice. Right this way,
1: sir. Step in my, uh, taxi.
2: But soon, out of town, helpless Jimmy gets the bad news. I'm
1: Colonel Colby.
2: Not a taxi driver,
1: Olsen. I'm taking you for a ride. And your
2: Superman signal watch won't do you any good. And at the center of the Earth, where Jimmy's ultrasonic signal cannot penetrate, the Man of Steel performs. The scientist asked me to... Oh, you missed
1: the explanation point. The Man of Steel performs! (laughs) And apparently the whole world knows because Colonel Colby is aware that Superman's at the center of the Earth
2: incommunicado. Scientist asked me to photograph the Earth's molten core. This super hard fireproof plastic case I made won't melt and will protect their camera I call bullshit on this what? the center of the earth is molten lava yeah. not flames and why what What? why don't you just like take a regular camera and hold it up to a fireplace and blur the lens there you go center of the earth photographed no work because Superman is honest and he would not
1: deceive the hard working scientists of the earth I'm assuming they're United States scientists because they're the best uh, but Jimmy's signals reach another pair of super ears, those of pretty Linda Lee at the orphanage in Midvale.
2: She's ripping off her tee, wig tee, and, tee, and, tee, and outfit.
0: Tee. God, what is that? Tee, tee, <laughs> tee. <laughs> God, it won't stop! Tee! 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 Oh my god, it may- maybe it's Jimmy Olsen's watch? I don't know- Oh my god, that's horrible! Nobody knows I'm secretly Supergirl. Before my cousin Superman went underground, he asked me to pinch hit for him. That means answering the signal of Jimmy Olsen. Superman's pal!
2: Meanwhile, the ruthless con man has stopped his car and...
0: He's gonna push Jimmy Olsen off a bridge!
1: He's gonna
2: literally kill him. Shove him off the bridge. Okay, the stakes of this are so high. It's a stupid side show. How much money does this actually bring in? 25 Enough. cents a customer, my friend. To That's kill not chicken someone
1: feed. To kill someone? 1959, 25 cents in 1959 is like two million dollars now. Okay, all right. Oof. Jimmy's head hits the iron frame of the bridge on the way down. And he blacks out. He blacks out. Supergirl gets there just in time to rescue him. Uh, Apparently she doesn't speak because Jimmy thinks that he's talking to Superman now.
2: And so now we get pages and pages (laughs) of the most ridiculous sequence of panels that I am going to pray that you're just going to lead us through this. But no, you're probably going to talk us through every single sentence.
1: All right, so let's
0: God. Just... I'll do
1: this sentence.
0: Jimmy, if you...
1: Oh, Supergirl makes a crucial decision.
0: Jimmy, if you return to Metropolis, that killer may be after you again. You'll have to signal me later. Being Superman's pal, you can be trusted with my secret. I'm Supergirl. He
2: says, Supergirl, there can't be such a person. But and there then is. We get paid. I'm
0: Superman's cousin, a girl from Krypton, and now I'm going to tell you about my whole origin story. <laughs> and then we're going to go to the next page. Oh. <laughs> I answered your signal in place of Superman. You blacked out while falling, but I caught you in midair because I'm able to
2: fly. And. Bah! I get it all now. I wasn't really falling in danger. Colby is pulling a hoax on me because I'm temporarily blind. He wants me to think Supergirl really exists because he doesn't want his sideshow to go under. What the hell? Bob! So Jimmy thinks the Supergirl
1: that he hears talking is Miss Thora from the sideshow. So Supergirl uses her x-ray vision to reveal that Jimmy has exactly 75 cents in his pocket. Which he says she probably
2: counted when he bought his ticket. She saw him make change when he bought his 25 cent ticket. Then she says, oh wait, let me prove to you that I'm Supergirl. Hold this tree and I'll slice it in half with my hand.
1: You probably came out here and pre-cut it. You knew it was going to fall over just when you touched
2: it. That's a lot. To oh, go through just wait my friend right I' I'm, I'm, I'm I was reading this and just like oh for the love of God
1: now I'm flying you like Superman does Jimmy do you feel the rush of wind sure but it could be made
2: by a Hollywood type wind machine okay so the the <laughs> setup to discredit Jimmy to make him think that there's supergirl was yep. that we're going to set up a series of highly sophisticated and
1: expensive we make 25
2: cents per customer. A Hollywood machine. We're, we're we're she's like we've got she's they've they've pre-cut trees. They've got um, a Hollywood uh, type wind machine. The next thing is going to be heat lamps to make him believe yes. he's in the desert. She flies him
1: to the Sahara Desert. Don't you feel the difference in climate? Yeah, but you probably have heat lamps shining at me right now, don't you? Then
2: she flies him to the North Pole.
1: Yeah, but this could be the inside of a deep freeze like a butcher's refrigerator. Just like, remember when Greg and Bobby got locked in Sam's freezer on the Brady Bunch? Yes. Unfortunately... Supergirl's identity is secret Her very existence is hidden from the world She can't do super feats in front of other people To convince Jimmy that she's real No one on earth must know she exists Except Superman's trusted pal Jimmy Olsen Who's an
2: idiot And also temporarily blind Yes I, now Jim- say, I wouldn't mind having a little green suit like that With a checkered tie Bowtie? Uh-huh. It's like a little fun one. Well, Christmas to wear.
1: is coming. Mm. Jimmy's going to expose her himself. He always carries this small transistor radio in his jacket pocket to pick up important news items for his job. Guess what, Jimmy? A sideshow being fake is not an important news item. <laughs> Jimmy tunes into the Metropolis Rodeo Show, which nothing's more excited exciting than a radio broadcast of a rodeo.
2: <laughs> Right? Uh, and, and now the bull is rushing, and now the cowboy's roping him, and now the cowboy has caught the bull, and he's bringing him down, folks. Look here, folks. They're doing an Indian
1: war dance. That's not uh, racist at all. The announcer's describing an Indian war dance, which Supergirl picks up on her super hearing because Jimmy's using the transistor radio so faintly that no normal person could hear it except him.
2: From what I read, they should be going in a counterclockwise direction. What? I read about this recently. They should be going in a counterclockwise direction.
1: Go on. I'm interested to know why you were reading about this. I don't
2: remember why I was reading about it. an Indian uh, tribal dance, but I, 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 nor do I remember the context of it. But I do remember. I remember it sticking out, and I was like, "Really, counterclockwise?" And then I I went to a powwow recently, and then I remembered that they were actually in a clockwise direction. So maybe what, what I read was are incorrect. Are you talk, what powwow and where was I? Oh, last year. Where so I got that jewelry that they made for me gave to me. What was I doing? I, I don't, don't know. How well? It was in October of
0: 2022.
2: Ah, uh, you were busy. You didn't go doing what? I don't know.
1: You know what they call that? And I'm not even joking. What? A fancy dance?
2: Yeah. Fancy
0: dance,
2: disco lights and city lights. Oh, fancy dance.
0: Ooh.
1: Listener, when Dr. Husband was a child. They had a 45 record of a song called Fancy Dance, which was recorded by a friend of their mother's. Diane Lewis, the daughter of my mother's friend. Diane Fisher Marshall. Or Marshall Fisher. I'm not sure. Anyway, that was her only record that she ever made.
2: And I thought it was so special that I knew this woman that made this 45 record and it was a disco record.
1: And Dr. Husband had sung me the song Fancy Dance so many times that I was able to go onto eBay, a popular website, find the 45 45 and give it to me and
2: present it to him for Christmas I have the best husband in the. I'm sorry any of you listeners who are married your spouse isn't as wonderful as mine I have the best husband in the world
1: (laughs) ha ha eat it other listeners husbands
2: (laughs) he got me a 45 record of this incredibly obscure artist from this fancy dance song that I had been teasing him with for years yeah great it was great uh, anyway, Blind Jimmy
1: thinks of another explanation for the trick of seeing the fancy dance at long distance. Colby must have given you an ear trumpet, <laughs> ear trumpet. <laughs> eh? What's that you say? <laughs> Which picked up my radio's faint voice and amplified it for you to hear.
2: I just wish that that um that Supergirl had just looked at us, the reader, and said, Fuck "This, this. Asshole. this asshole," and flew away. And we just have several panels of him just sitting there. In she. The... <laughs> Just by himself. (laughs) Blind. Blind. She is
1: flying away because she's going to fly back to the orphanage and get a pair of scissors. She finally thought of a way to prove she's Supergirl. She's going to have Jimmy try to cut her hair, which, as everyone knows, is invulnerable. It can't be cut by mortal scissors. Uh, He's almost convinced, but then she spots an emergency at the rodeo. One of the cowboys got his foot caught when he roped a steer. Surely that happens all the time it's
2: not it does a cause for super intervention I- exactly well, she's new at this.
1: Trouble at the rodeo, according to that radio Jimmy left on faintly in his pocket. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Telescopic vision shows that the cowboy is being drowned. Oh, no. He may meet death unless I act fast. I took the scissors from Jimmy. First, my super breath will super
2: cool the metal so that it won't melt from air friction as I hurl it away at super speed. Nobody will be aware of how it happened at the rodeo as the scissors fly from the air out of nowhere and cut the
1: rope and save the cowboy. Now listen, that's smart thinking. She can't be seen by the population at
2: large. She's the smartest person in this strip
1: with great aim. Mm.
2: Uh
1: the next moment back with Blind Jimmy. Shut up. Poke his eyes out just Ha!
2: Take it permanently blind.
1: Why did you snatch the scissors away from me after it didn't cut your hair? Let me feel it.
2: She's like, "Uh it's gone, er, Jimmy. I, I, mean I, uh, I... Uh. this is a part where I would have been like this fucking cub reporter. She's doing it. Look
1: at that panel. She She's is almost ready to give up. Ready. <laughs> she. That face. She <laughs> looks like dare. Lauren Bacall. You don't dare <laughs> let me feel the scissors,
2: eh? That proves you used a trick pair to fool me about your hair. She says, "Oh dear, why did I throw the scissors away? If I was her experienced as Superman, I would have used my heat vision to burn that rope." Apart. Oh, I'll never convince Jimmy I exist. Why don't you use your heat vision to shut Jimmy up for a <laughs> while? Sew so his lips shut for a while.
1: What's that loud sound? Oh, it's Superman boring up from underground. He must have finished his scientific task sooner than expected. What luck!
2: Superman can help his blind pal now. A puff of my super breath will work on the button to set off his wrist. i watches watch no. His- signal... T- 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 Bringing Superman here While I dash back to the orphanage And get back to my normal life
1: Superman busts up from the earth Jimmy, what's wrong? Jesus, shut the watch off (laughs)
0: Shut the watch off Superman,
1: I recognize your voice I'm temporarily blind I don't know how tear gas works But I'm quite sure You can just wash your eyeballs out, can't you? And you're not temporarily blind For hours and hours also hit on the back of the head even more like he's been flying through the air. He's been to the Sahara desert. He's been to the North pole. Honestly, do you want to know what I think? What?
2: She should have just dropped him off at the hospital. It would have been a much shorter panel. He needs to have his head examined
1: <laughs> and his eyes.
0: Yes. Apparently.
1: Right. Right. Uh, I'll tell you the whole story later, Superman, but right now we'll go and expose Colonel Colby and his
2: sideshow. Literally <laughs> tens of people are losing quarters of their money. 25 cents at a time. Tens of people are losing What's 25 and that's cents. $2.50. That's not,
1: you could buy a whole lunch at Woolworths. He's bilking for
2: that. people out of tens of dollars. We need
1: to get this side show stopped. Well, let's stop it. A blow of my fist shattered the ice. The quote-unquote caveman within is only a lifelike dummy. You'll get your money back, folks. Here's a shiny quarter for you and a quarter for you.
2: Here's (laughs) a shiny quarter for you. I've got a roll of quarters to give you all back your money.
1: Okay, I've given back seven quarters. When I was a teen, I had to mow the grass of our next-door neighbor, Hazel Devitt, who we were convinced was a witch because she kept her long hair up in a bun, but we could see her comb it out at night through the bathroom window. Oh, I love this. I love it.
2: Hazel Devitt, I love that.
1: And we weren't allowed to use our lawnmower. We had to use her old timey push lawnmower with the spinning blades, you know. Right. It's just like... (sighs) 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 Yeah. And if she saw me doing it, she'd give me a quarter. But she didn't very often see me doing it. I guess she just thought that it was just, you know, like fairies came in the night and cut her lawn for her. (laughs) Well. And what's more, my x-ray vision showed Colby wearing this rubber mask. He's really big con Colby. Wanted for the previous killing of a witness who saw through One of his other con rackets. He killed someone. He killed someone over a sideshow. And he was about to kill Jimmy Olsen. That's crazy. There's probably a trail of murdered bodies all over this country of ours.
2: For these sideshow. For sideshow. For sideshows.
1: You mean she's not really
2: a mermaid? (laughs) I'll kill you for that. (laughs) A few days Uh. later, at Midvale Orphanage, as Linda, Supergirl, Lee sends her telescopic vision to Metropolis. I, the idea of being able to see through the curvature of the Earth to specific places is just mind-boggling to me. But Superman and Supergirl both do it all the time.
1: Well, their vision is not, uh, it's light-based, right? So the light is not escaping the Earth's gravity. The light is curving around the Earth. Makes perfect sense to me. I take issue. Oh, okay. Good news, Jimmy's sight is back. But can you imagine Colby trying to hoodwink me and make me believe there was a Supergirl? (laughs) And
2: Linda says, as far as Jimmy's concerned, I guess I don't uh, uh, exist. She says, wearing her hot brown wig Uh and her dowdy school uniform, orphanage uniform, as Superman lives a life of luxury at Metropolis while she's... In an orphanage. In an orphanage. His only living relatives in the entire universe. Welcome to Earth. We'll hope you probably like
1: surviving the destruction of his planet. Just happens to be your first cousin, but let's throw her in an orphanage.
2: He literally threw her in an orphanage.
1: Threw her? Like, like a department store dummy thrown through <laughs> the window. <laughs> ha! On a wire! Was Jimmy ever surprised when he learned
2: two years later that Supergirl was real? Wow, what a wonderful, delightful romp through memory lane. Well,
1: I'm glad that Colonel Colby won't be hoodwinking the populace anymore over the quarter.
2: No, he's going to go to jail forever for murdering someone over... <laughs> murdering someone! Well, he, in, in, I in wonder truth,
1: if it's the caveman. Did he, he murder the person who put him in ice to be a caveman? In truth, he did
2: almost murder Jimmy. That's like he also true, He literally threw yes. him off a bridge well, to,
1: to die. To have a moment of silence and sorrow that Jimmy didn't actually die at the hands of Supergirl sorrow and prayers you can find us on social media at gogo check pod you can rate and review us on apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from and you can find us right back here next week is that true yeah why wouldn't it be
2: of course it is
1: yes i'm free are you
2: I'm free, I think. Well, I, I have do have my some calendar. more obligations. It's Christmas season, and you know how busy
1: musicians oh, get at Christmas. Oh, you're going to be
2: so tired. I came home from church and took a nap right away. As did I. I. Did I. Do you know how many hours I slept between last night and today? Fifteen. No,pe ten. Okay, nine tracks That's great. I wonder if I should be getting nine hours of sleep a night.
1: Maybe. Why don't you go to bed right now? <laughs> <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Bye. Bye.
0: Bye.